Hey, hey, friend, welcome to today's podcast episode. And this one was a conversation that I was able to have with Laura Hernandez from Mama Systems. She and I sat down and we just had an open and honest and sometimes a bit of a raw conversation about homeschooling our children, as well as homeschooling special needs children and raising special needs children. I know that today you are going to be encouraged. You're going to walk away with some tactical practices that you can begin employing in your life right now, whether you are a mom of a child with special needs, or if you are a mom who does not have a child with special needs, she and I were able to talk and really give ideas on both sides because together we can encourage and support one another. Nobody understands fully the homeschooling of children and the raising of children like another mom, but still we don't always have the full story. And I hope that today will encourage you to stop and to slow down and to listen to one another's stories, but also to walk away from this conversation that she and I have knowing some first steps that you can do. And I just know you're going to be encouraged. Stay tuned and listen to it now. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Welcome to Little by Little Homeschool Podcast. I am excited to have Laura here from Mama Systems, and you guys are, this is going to be a special treat, and I'm really glad that she reached out and get on this because she's going to talk today about a pod, about a topic that I'm asked about often, and I know she's going to offer you a lot of encouragement. So Laura, can you share a little bit about you, about you, your family, and um, just a little bit of background? We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So my husband and I live in the Dallas area and we have 10 kiddos and three are adopted out of foster care. And all three of those have special needs. They have what's called fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which is different than what most people know is the FAS, which is fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, The syndrome only, I'm just going to educate you a little bit because we all need to be educated on everything. And this is what we need to be educated on. Um, The FAS is only 8% of the whole disorder. So the FAS has the facial features um, that people may know, and the rest of the 92% don't have that, but they still have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. So they have this invisible disability, um, which makes life really hard and complicated. And I would love for you to go educate yourself on that because one in 20 kids has some form of FASD. One in 20. That's a wow. lot of kids. Wow. That's what that is. It's two and a half times more likely than autism. It's or more common than autism. It's a huge problem and nobody's talking about it. So there's a little plug, go do some research. All that to say, our three kiddos have FASD. And then we have two more that are on the spectrum and we have a whole bunch with ADHD and um, we're just kind of a hot mess over here, but we love it. We love having a large family and love all of our neurodiversities. And we've homeschooled for as long as my oldest daughter, she's 17 now. So um 
we're about to wrap up her senior years this next year. And so we've been homeschooling her all along. And then our other ones, we've homeschooled a ton, <laughs> many years. And then I feel like sporadically people will take a year and we'll put them in a school or put them in a program. And so um, off and on, we've had people home all the time and homeschooling. Okay. So your oldest is 17. What, what the, what's their age range? What's how old is your youngest? He's about to turn four. Oh, okay. What a fun. And going into her, or she's finishing up her senior year or she's going she's into going her, in, sorry. She's okay. going into her senior year yeah. about to wrap up the whole, yeah. whole homeschool journey with her. So that's so exciting. That's so exciting. Thank you for sharing a little bit about that. And we kind of get a little bit of background and a little bit of um, insight into um, your life for homeschooling. So I know that one thing you share about is the balance and the juggling of homeschooling special needs children and then your other children as well. How does that practically look some days? It can look crazy and <laughs> it can look impossible. Um, I think a big part of our homeschooling journey has just been trying to find a system and a routine and creating a rhythm in our day that will allow us to get the things done that we need to get done. And then also be able to get done the things that I need to get done and create space for that and create space for self-care, create space for pouring into kids. And so I think that just so much intention has to go into planning our homeschool days um, and not filling it up with a million different curriculums and a million different subjects, but really just focusing on what's important and then trusting that all the rest will kind of fall into place from there. You know, um, I often encourage mamas to pick just three things that are the most important to them. And so for us in our day, it was always math reading and then our kind of morning time where we did Bible and um, memory work and all of that. And those were kind of our most important things. And we had other things planned, but if those three things got done, I feel like we had a successful day. And that always felt so encouraging just because life happens, you know, um, people are going to start throwing up or your water heater is going to break and bust all over the floor. And I mean, life happens. And so having those three things has always been so helpful. We knock those out first. The other things can, may not get done and um, they will still learn and just kind of holding fast to that. We've decided what's important for us, you know? Yep. No. And, and you are, you're seconding what I have been saying too, as well is to get that time together, that morning time, whatever, however that looks for your family and the math and the reading and everything else can be built upon, upon those things. Yeah. So thank you for seconding that motion right there. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that you have said that some moms, um, they feel guilty about how in the intensity that they might homeschool their special needs children versus their other other children. So how do you address this with the moms that you work with? Yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey because for me, um, our three that have special needs, I realized very early on that I could not homeschool them. They need complete one on one attention. Um, just really intense one of my attention all the time and realizing that I don't have the tools. I don't, I don't know how you learn best. I don't know how, like, it just felt like somebody had dropped me in China and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, just, it felt that foreign to me. And so putting them into school was really hard for me because I felt like maybe I don't love them as much. Like maybe that's how the world's going to see that is that my three adopted special needs kids, I'm like sending off to school and everyone else is home. And I love being home with these guys. And what does that mean about them? And I think just that wrestling with that a lot and getting to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm doing what's best for them right now. And just being at peace with that, that each child I'm doing what's best for in that season. And that season could look different. 
in the spring or in the fall, right? And what's best for them might look different then too. But just taking it one step at a time and just kind of trusting that it will it will become clear where each kid needs to be and what they need in those seasons. So did you feel guilty at times about putting them into school? And then how did you get, how did you, how did you come to grips with that? I guess, how did you say, this is okay. This is what I'm doing right now, this homeschool year, and I'm doing what's best for them. How did your mind come around to that? Yeah, it's a lot of self-talk, I believe. Um, And I think that that wrestling with all of that and wrestling with like that feeling of feeling like, I don't know. I, do I love them less? Like, what does that mean? Like my actions are putting them in two different places. Right. Um, and I, that may seem so silly to some, but it really was something that I struggled with. And I've learned that a lot of homeschool mamas struggle with it too, but then seeing them flourish in school and with their sped teachers and with their class and learning how to be like, to work on those social skills and all the things that they need, like watching them flourish in that. It's like, well, I'm doing what's best for them. Like it just kind of very matter of factly. Well, of course that's what I'm doing. Right. Um, I love them madly and I want what's best for them. And so it, it, it was just a kind of a season of that wrestling and then getting to the other side of like, if you truly are doing what's best for them, it'll be made clear that yes, in fact, that's what you need to do. But in turn, I've seen just different moms struggle with the same thing of like, I must be a bad mom that I can't homeschool this kid, that this kid's so hard. This kid can't read. This kid's driving me crazy. Like whatever. X factor is, does not mean that you love that child any less. Like It's okay that you can't manage all of the things and all of the needs of your children. And I think that there's a space there where we just need to give ourselves permission for that, that it's okay that we love homeschooling some and some are really difficult. And that there may be seasons where it's like, okay, for my mental health, I need to take a break. That's a good, that's a good point there that you made at the end there for your mental health as well. It's not just for them. It's for you as well. And then your family can function, I would assume better and as a whole and relationally better when everybody is together, when you've, when you've taken that steps and done what's best. Yeah, absolutely. And because I feel like whenever, um, whenever our special buddies were home, I was, I mean, almost immediately drained, like just had nothing left to give. And it was just so constant day after day after day that. Like I never had time to recharge or fill up. And it's true that my homeschooling or other ones fills me up. Like I love that time. I love doing memory work with them. I love like doing our history songs and all the things with them. Like that brings me so much life. And then there's this other piece that's also under the homeschooling umbrella that, oh my goodness, just wiped me out. And so really for the goodness of our whole family, I think I often coach mamas to just the realization of, you're it. Like everything relies on you. The whole attitude of the home relies on you. And so if you are exhausted and depleted and haven't prioritized yourself at all, there's nothing left to give. And it is not good for your kids to be around you. I realized how that just came out, but let me rephrase that. It's not good for my kids to be around me when I'm that way, because I'm not being kind. I'm not being compassionate or empathetic. I'm being short and quick tempered. There's, I mean, I'm just pouring from an empty cup and there's nothing left to give them. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And the point that you made earlier then too, saying that you noticed that they were flourishing. So it, maybe it's hard, possibly when you're thinking there's sometimes moms and I've spoken to some and they're like, this is a really hard decision. I don't know what to make. And I say, you don't, you don't know how it's going to, well, you could going to go until you actually do it. It doesn't mean it's forever. 
it could just be a season, but to then see that they're flourishing must make you feel like, okay, this is, it's a hard decision I'm sure to make. And then once you make it, you just kind of have to trust and believe that God's going to see this through and there's going to be fruit at the end. Yeah. And I think also just keeping that in mind that it is a season and that, you know what, you can put them in for a little while. And if you realize that this is not a good fit, you can immediately take them out. Like it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not written in stone. Like we can all learn and grow from this. Right. And then, you know, you being in one state, me being in another state, like realizing that states have different homeschool laws and some are much more open and some are not. However, none of them say that you that you can't take your child in and out. Like they are your child. You have the right to put them in and you might have to jump through some hoops. The state I live in, you have to jump through like flaming hoops, but you still, you know, it's not impossible. You you do that and you follow the procedures and you put them in and then you can follow the procedures to take them out when, when you need to. So I want to encourage if there's any mom listening that's worried about that, don't worry about the regulation part of it. That's the least, the least, least of it all um, to be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you have seen that they have flourished and grown and that it is good for your entire, entire family. So the name of, you know, your business and everything is Mama Systems. So let's talk a little bit about some systems. What systems do you put in place? Because you have a large household. So how do you use systems to keep your homeschool as well as your, just your family as a whole running really well? Yeah. I love that question. So I think it's important for us again, to kind of go back to the, you're the most important piece. And that may seem very counter, you know, everybody else is more important. We need to put them first. We need, like, I feel like a lot of that has kind of been driven into our minds a lot. And I think as moms, we need to really just take a break, take a beat and think about that. Because I think that how you pour into yourself is the most important thing that you do during the day. And so creating anchors in your day where you can kind of touch base with yourself or you can check in with yourself. Um, so for me, that's like my morning time, waking up before everybody wakes up, having my coffee, reading and praying and journaling and all of that, right? If I don't get that in the morning, I'm kind of a beast to be reckoned with, you know? And it's not pretty. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not going to do a good job at anything that day because I haven't had that time. And because I've learned that about myself, I know we need to prioritize that and I need to wake up early and I need to do that. Um, another anchor in our day is when we touch base at lunchtime, when everybody comes to the table and we have table time and, you know, we just do things that I know that I want to prioritize in our homeschool life, but didn't really fit any curriculum we were doing or anything like that. Um, but I would say like, Hey, this is the most important thing. This is what I want to be teaching my kids. And yet I was never doing it, you know? And so those, those things, it's like, we're doing this at lunchtime because we're all going to eat. We're coming here. We're going to do this. Um, and that's been so sweet and just precious to be able to do the things that really bring me joy and really like we can talk about different situations and talk about um, scripture and God's plan for us, how much he loves us and all of those things. It's just another like, okay, this is what we're doing this for, you know, just kind of a recentering of ourselves and of why we're doing what we're doing. And then in the end of the day, having again, just that moment of touching base. And for me, that's a gratitude journal, like before bed, just taking a minute to be grateful and again, focusing on why we're doing what we're doing because we're pouring out all day long. And so I think that as we're pouring out to others, we need to have those moments where we're looking up to Christ and and really focused on him. Um, and just kind of the bigger picture of, of everything amongst all the chaos of the day to day of having lots of people running around, having lots of responsibilities. Like, I think that that's really important. 
So that being said, once we get that kind of taken care of and we figure out our our points in the day, and they don't have to be a, like wake up, bed, dinner, but I think that having a thing that will help you just kind of calm yourself throughout the day is wonderful. With kids, kind of with the same thing. Like I think that those routines and those systems throughout the day, and they don't, I find that many moms struggle with schedules. And so I might say that, and many people are like, oh, we can't do that. I'm done. Like that's the end of our conversation because they think, oh, it's 10.02. We need to go to the couch, please. It's time. Um, and while I'm, I love a good timer and I love a good, like keeping us on track thing. This is not a legalistic thing. This is more like, hey, let's build this structure in our home. Let's build this framework of where we want to be. What do we want to get done by lunchtime? Let's strive for these things. And just having that rhythm and that flow of possibly creating a schedule, but just to create that rhythm. It's kind of like sheet music, right? But it's going to be this beautiful symphony. It's not like, I think about like the different kinds of music, right? Like Baroque and like, we're just very strict and stern and blah, 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 like very timely, right? Anyway, but this is more like a symphony and just like the beautiful classical, we're just flowing with it. And I think that those systems and those points of structure in our day build that framework for us to move freely. Sounds like your system, your routine is more of a guide, but, and so it's not a strict guide that's, you know, to yell at you and stuff. But I, I think that many can relate to the fact that there's so many really good things we want to do in homeschool and so many subjects or areas we want to expose our children to, whether it's because it's beautiful artwork that we appreciate or things that we sometimes feel like we missed out in our education. And we want to expose them and make them aware of things and get their thoughts and have conversations on them. And if we don't allow space, we don't have a routine, we won't get to those things. We'll get to all the other things that we think are, you know, so important and we'll forget what actually is the most important is our relationships together with them, our relationships with Christ and our relationships together. And um, I, that's, a, that's a really good point that you've made. And I think the tyranny of the urgent is always, like, there's always going to be something to clean up. There's always going to be laundry to do. Um, and so then creating systems around those things so that you know that it will get done and it's time and everything has a season, everything has a turn, right? So Hey, you know what? Laundry day is Thursday and that's what I'm going to do laundry. So I'm not going to worry about getting all the sheets off the beds every day and like all the things, because I know that's going to happen on Thursday. And once you kind of create that guide, you can trust the guide, right? And again, this is not set in stone. You're welcome to change the guide at any point in time, but it just sets that beautiful framework for your week to, to be able to flow and for you to prioritize and be intentional with the things that you want to be intentional with. I like that word that you just said framework. That's, that's, I think that's really, I think that's, that's a really important word to it is that it is a framework and it's not something that we are behold to. We have kids that like get sick. We have things that emergencies that come up or we just have a really, you know, I don't know, grumpy day, or we just have things that kind of come up that are sometimes outside of our control. And then once we do get those a bit taken care of handled, you got the sick kid on the couch with, you know, watching I don't know, back in my day it was like, leave it to beaver or something. You know what I mean? And then the rest of the family, you know, you can kind of pick up and, and let's, you know, continue on. I'll keep checking in on this kid. And, and um, so I like that idea of the, of the fact that it's a framework. Yeah. And it makes it easier when you are like tending to the sick kid that everyone else already knows the framework. Everybody else already knows what they're doing. Right. So in theory, your children could be able to run the show without you being present. Um, obviously older kids and but they know what's expected of them because you made those things very clear. 
Yes. Very good point. I, I didn't call it a framework, but now that I'm thinking, I'm like, yes, it's a framework. When they were little, it was difficult if I wanted to go away for a weekend or something. But as they got older, when they were all tweens and teens, it was my husband's like, I kind of was like, I'm here to make because so there's an adult here. <laughs> but the setting up those systems and those routines and the framework that they knew what was expected of them and what needed to needed to happen. So I do want to circle back to special needs and kids. And I and I have many questions that'll come up from listeners about special needs. And, and I think there's also a large demographic of people of homeschool moms who want to know, how can I support my friend with special needs? Or how can I support that mom at co-op or that stranger with a child with special needs? How can I come alongside them? Because it's not something that we're living day in and day out, but we want to be there for them and encourage them. So how, how what would you say to that mom? I love that that mom is thinking about serving their friends. I think that I feel like it's just right under the surface. And if you were to ask, it would probably come bubbling out of, gosh, this is hard. Nobody asks me that. Nobody asks how they can help. And so I think that it's okay to ask and just say, hey, you know, I've noticed that that Sarah um, just has a hard time in here. Is there something I could do to help you kind of with this process? Can I go watch this kid while you're hanging out with Sarah or I don't, I'm just making up names here, but just offering, like, what can I do to help? And if you can think about it, like your kid having a really hard day, temper tantruming all day, like whenever your child's had their worst moment, a lot of times raising special needs kids is like that all the time. And it's just that draining feeling. It's that alone feeling. It's like everybody's staring at you feeling. And so how can you go in and just support that mom and just be with her? I think a meal is always welcome. Always taking, like picking up other kids and taking them places like, Hey, can I come pick up Joe and Bob and take them to the park? So you could have some time. If you don't feel equipped to watch the special needs child, I don't know, you know, what the circumstances are, but if you don't feel equipped to do that, just saying like, Hey, can I take the other kids for a little bit to give the mom a break, to give the other kids a break? Cause they probably need time, just special time for them as well. And so I think just a lot of empathy in that, I think we're real quick to judge. And I think that's one thing that I've learned kind of in my journey is like how quick I was to judge other parents and how they were interacting with their kids. And then being on this side of it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, of course this kid looks like he's being a brat because he has a ton of sensory issues. And so his parents carrying him everywhere instead of letting him walk around, whatever, (laughs) just making up scenarios here, but like, whatever that is, I like, I can have compassion for that and say like, this kid's having a hard time. And it's not that his parents aren't disciplining him enough or that they're not strict enough or that they're giving him everything he wants. Like they might be doing the best that they can with with what's going on with that kiddo. Yeah. So it sounds like reminding ourselves, we don't know the whole story. And so instead of going into a judge with being judgmental, and I feel like moms can be quick to that. Unfortunately, I know that I'm guilty of that as times as well. And we just kind of judge someone the way that they're parenting, but we don't have the full story. We don't have, we don't know everything about it. So it sounds like the best thing probably to do. Well, the two best things I think I'm hearing from you is to have empathy and compassion and not to be judgmental. And then just to ask how we can help. Yes. That was a lovely summary of all of the scenarios that I just made up and spit out at you. (laughs) Um, I have a sweet girl at my co-op that has a special needs child, but you wouldn't know that she's special needs. You would just think, okay, she just has some behavior stuff sometimes, you know, and later learning that it was that the mom was didn't just, she just didn't want to share that with anybody. Like, cause kind of like her personal, this is our story kind of thing which is great, but nobody, nobody there really knows those things. And so I make up that there's lots of judgment about things and 
Um, nobody's offering to step up and help because they don't know that mom is hurting. They don't know that she feels alone. Right. And it's kind of like when somebody has cancer, if you don't know, you probably treat them differently as if you find out, oh, they have cancer and they have two weeks to live. Let's go love on them. Let's go. So I just, I think that if we can just always kind of see this may be really reason to say, but if you can just kind of always see special needs mamas is kind of in a crisis. I know that there's good seasons. I know that there's blessings. I know all of those things. However, I also know that right under the surface, there's always a moment of she's always being vigilant. She's always on a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. And so however you can just come in and help her wrap your arms around her is a beautiful thing. Okay. That's, that's good. A good reminder and and a good encouragement to just to ask and not to, not to make assumptions. And, um, but I think that also as moms, you know, if you are a mom with special needs, be willing to accept that help and to give an honest answer. Someone says, Hey, how can I help you? Instead of, it's, we just do that in general. You know, you could just have had, you know, I don't know, quadruplets and someone's like, can I help you? Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not good. <laughs> we, we know, you know. <laughs> we could, we could see what's going on <laughs> and just saying, no, letting people come alongside. I know that it's a blessing to come alongside and help somebody out. And I have also, we've done it so many times over the homeschool years. And it's, it's also a way that I can, that we can teach our children how to be a blessing. And my kids, you know, even young, like, oh, who are we bring a meal to now? I'm like, pile in the car, we're going to so-and-so's. And they were just, were so, that was just kind of accustomed. And hopefully we can continue that, showing them how to do that. And that, so as they become adults, they can do the same thing and reaching out and being compassionate and remembering that we are, we are a great, huge example, which sounds like a lot of pressure. It's a whole nother story right there. It's a whole nother <laughs> topic, you know, that our kids are watching us and, um, and how we interact with others. So Laura, thank you for joining me today. Can you let the listener know where can they find you? They listen they're like, yes, Laura's my girl. She's going to help me out. How can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and my website and everything at mama systems, mama systems.net is my website. And I would love to chat about anything. So Perfect. And I will list, I will list all of that in the show notes. So you can go ahead and just click on that and uh, get connected with her. But thank you so much for being here today and giving us insight and encouragement and, and just sharing with the, with the homeschool moms who are listening. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I really hope that you are walking away from this conversation yourself feeling encouraged, no matter what your story is or where you are in your homeschool journey and where you are just in your motherhood and general, I just know that you're going to walk away encouraged. And I hope that there is just a couple of nuggets, little bits of information in here that you are able to incorporate into your days, into your life and just into the rhythm and routine of your family. As promised, I have linked all of Laura's social media contacts, as well as her website in the show notes that you are able to go ahead and connect with her on a deeper level. Thank you for listening to this episode today, friends, and I'll be back here real soon. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.